Hi, welcome to the Two Lads podcast from Daniel Sharman and Leggy Langdon's Two Lads. The Two Lads podcast is a place to come and listen to topics that you may not have heard men talk about so candidly and intimately before. It's no bullshit, it's straight to the point, it's raw and it's honest. And it's a conversation that we believe needs to be started. In a world of ongoing turmoil and constant change, take a break for 30 minutes and just come listen to the two lads in a deeply vulnerable conversation that is ongoing. This is a tool for learning about yourself. Yeah. I remember somebody saying to me early on, if you've got any secrets within you, be careful. They're going to come to the surface. It shows you how much self-love you don't have. Yeah. It then also shows you where some of the blockages are. Look, it's not like you do a journey and then it's all fixed. Ultimately, you have to still do the work. It's literally like a window into your best self. It's seeing the scar tissue. Yeah. And then beginning to work with that scar tissue in a way of saying, this is no longer serving the body that I am in right now. If you're really committed to like finding out who you are, warts and all, full spectrum, good, bad, everything in between, all the mistakes you've made, all of the wins, everything. Hi, I'm Christian Leggy Langdon. Hi everybody, my name is Daniel Sharman and this is the Two Lads Podcast. All right, well, hi. Welcome back to the Two Lads Podcast. This is Leggy, if you didn't know. And we're going to be doing another remote check-in this week. But don't worry, because this is going to be the last week of all of this palaver, as they say in Leeds. Daniel's back this week, and we are going to be getting back to normal service for next week's episode. And I'm really looking forward to that. Looking forward to having him back in the real world with me. And uh, we're going to get together and we're going to do a brand new episode. Stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, we're just going to do a quick check-in here, individual check-in. I'm going to go first and then I'm going to switch over to Daniel, who's done his check-in over in South Africa. I believe that he's flying out in the next 24 hours or so. So it's a big flight, I think, and a big journey to come back. But I am certainly looking forward to seeing him. Checking in this week, I was pretty low actually this week. I actually checked in at a five over in the men's team. I was really reluctant to even go because I was feeling kind of just lethargic, I suppose, and a little bit of depression. I'm feeling better now. I'm going to check in at a seven right now. And yeah, I think that it's just one of those things where I can be really on point and really feeling great and excited about life. And then I can go into these lulls. And I think it comes from a sense of finding purpose, meaning, that kind of stuff in life. I've been lucky in all of my adult life. I was clear about what my dreams were, what fulfilled me, and that was music. And I kind of made that choice early on in life when I was 15. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be a musician. And for the most part, I've stayed on that path all the way up until now, you know, as I'm now 40 years old, soon to be 41, actually, 
which is coming up, my birthday, which is another, like, you know, birthdays can be a bit weird, I guess. They're a reminder of, they're like a landmark in your life every year. A check-in, almost an annual check-in, for me at least. And as I've gotten older, they kind of start reminding you of where you're at and where I maybe like to be at. And if they line up, and what does it even mean to project where I want to be? Because that's the other thing. It's like what I'm trying, I'm kind of going through a lot of existential questions again around what it is to be happy. What, what do you actually need to be happy as a human? And what is happy? And do we even need to strive for it? I've been reading a lot of Arthur Schopenhauer, who talks about happiness is actually life. Life itself is suffering on at the baseline. It's pain. Life is pain. And happiness is the momentary removal of pain, which sounds depressing. But if you frame it in the sense of if you approach life like that, then whenever there is happiness and joy in your life, you get to enjoy it because you know it's fleeting. And yet it's also not a complete travesty when things aren't feeling good, as opposed to switching it around and being like, the baseline of life should be happiness. And then if it isn't happiness and you're not feeling happy and joy, then something's inherently wrong and you need to like fix it. And I just think that that leaves you a little bit susceptible to the elements of life. So, you know, I'm just embracing feeling kind of feeling depressed right now. It's not, I'm not judging it as negative. I just feel down and I'm just trying to do what I need to do to feel safe at this time. And, you know, I'm doing what I can do and I'm not doing any more than that until it passes. And this too shall pass, as they say. So I'm trying to take a, a, a non-judgmental, reasonably spiritual approach to this, but at the same time, pain by its very nature doesn't feel good especially when you can't locate it as like you just hit me in the face and there's the pain it's kind of a weird one with emotional pain and reflection and yeah so not to be too depressing <laughs> but it's all good it's like it's part of the experience and i'm like okay this is deep depressed right deep rest is is kind of somebody said that once and i really liked it deep rest and it kind of resonates to me so i'm just trying to do that a little bit while maintaining my responsibilities in life and kind of just moving forward and trusting that this will pass soon i'm sure it will i'm sure next week when i check in i'm going to be feeling much better and excited about the next move. I definitely want to get more clear about where I'm going, what it is I really want to do, you know, being in my truth as much as possible. There's a little bit of like, am I being in my own truth in terms of what I'm doing in my life, where I want to be, what I want to do, all that kind of stuff is kind of coming up. So all good stuff, but also interesting to feel it. So yeah, checking in at a seven. We're going to go to a part two of Psychedelics this week, actually. So I'm um, looking forward to letting you guys hear that one. It's the continuation of the conversation that we had from obviously the part one of Psychedelics when we recorded it. And uh, we thought it would be cool for you to hear at the back end of that conversation as we go into a little bit more detail about our work with psychedelics and journey work and plant medicine and how that has helped us with our perception of life, consciousness and the universe. So that's my check-in. I'm going to switch over to Daniel right now. He's going to give you a quick check-in. And then without further ado, we're going to go into the main segment of the episode, which this week on the Two Lads podcast is Psychedelics Part 2. All right, let's get into it. Daniel? 
Yes, mate. Mate, what you got for us? Right, okay. I'm trying not to put a load of pauses in here because I listen to myself sometimes and I'm like, what am I doing pausing that much? And also I'm going to try not to do this a million times in terms of just trying to just do a check-in without re-recording it because I say stupid things on it. So I'm checking in at an eight. I'm feeling good and we wrapped the film and I feel like it's going to be really good to get back. See my mates, see my house and be home for a little bit. It's been quite lonely here, but I love South Africa and I've really enjoyed my time here. Filming has been a bit tough, but yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling kind of healthy and fit and ready and like, bah, bah, bah. But let me see. What's... I lost my temper on set, which I never liked doing because I felt like the producers are taking the piss and we're kind of taking advantage of people and that pissed me off. And so I got kind of a bit angry and I think I saw that I, I have a really bad thing. I can't quite control my temper in a way that is grounded and I'm trying to learn to be a little more understanding that like uh, it's just very triggering and the loneliness over a period of time adds up so I have to see that those patterns happen and try and nip them in the bud of me calmer and much more grounded in how I approach conflict because my usual way is to start getting really like this isn't right this isn't right this isn't correct and then I, I start becoming belligerent so that was something this week that I just need to look at. And also my patience. I've been very patient and trying to accept something. I think there's this like incredible thing that I was just reading about Wu Wei. It's like a way of living where you just accept how things are. Um, the things you cannot change, if you will. And I'd like to live more in that because I'm quite belligerent sometimes. I try and force people into things. Like I was trying to force you to go to travel with me on this thanksgiving i get like no no we're gonna we gotta do it you know that and you're always going on about how i'm like coming up with ideas and then forcing you into them but that's kind of like how i am and i've kind of got to recognize that i can't do that i've been doing it with my brother and i get quite forceful about things so that's what i'm thinking about legs mate so I'm checking in at eight, feeling pretty good, trying to keep this a little less drony and loquacious, as they say. So yeah, I'm checking in at eight, feeling good and can't wait to be back. Looking forward to seeing you, lad, and listen to the episode because it's fucking brilliant. I mean, this one's brilliant. And the others are good. This one's brilliant. Biggity bong. Biggity bong legs. Do you want to talk about the last journey? What you learned? Just to give her like a little reference of like what that feels. What did I learn? I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you can't remember. It's off my head, mate. Actually, it's a lot of bollocks, this. <laughs> it's just out of it. It's just high. This episode of the Two Lads podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than an in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. The Two Lads podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash two lads. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash two lads.
I remember somebody saying to me early on, if you've got any secrets within you, be careful because they're going to come to the surface and you bring people in or I got brought in through my ex-wife or whatever. And you got to be careful what you wish for because I was brought in through her as a desire to bring us together, you know? Yeah. To bring us closer together. And like we thought, oh, this is going to be something that benefits us, the relationship, different things. And ultimately, over the course of about two years, it led to our divorce. You know, it led to me starting to really understand A, what I've been shutting down in myself, who I am and who I want to be, how I want to show up how I'm not showing up right now. And if that's going to line up with the partner that I'm currently with, which it didn't, hmm. you know, for me, and it was almost like the opposite thing happened. But the you truth- can't, You can't resist, it's a bit that you could either be in resistance yeah. to that forever yeah. or you could see it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, that could sound like scary to someone listening, but honestly, that's the truth. And it came with so much fucking terror and pain and fear and being scared and like- walking away from a life that I'd created and realizing that I'd been asleep, you know, and living the life that I thought I should be living rather than living my truth, warts and all. Yeah, which was the secret that you were keeping. Yeah, I was keeping that from myself and also from her and it's too much. Our minds are so good at smoothing over the edges in order to kind of make things work if you want it enough and if you're desperate enough. And I think for me, coming from a life of addiction at the time or, you know, essentially a lot of unconscious pain that I was self-medicating, that's all I'd ever known since I was like 16, 15, 16, till I was 29, you know, when I got sober. And so unraveling all of that and journey work was like just the hand grenade that blew it all apart and also allowed me to be okay with it. You know, it was terror, but it was also, this is what I have to do. You know, it's kind of insane what it's shown me in myself. And also, look, it's not like you do a journey and then it's all fixed, you know, and like, it's actually like you do it, you have the experience in the night of that experience and you get to see all this stuff you integrate it the next day and over the next coming weeks but ultimately you have to still do the work outside it's literally like a window into your best self who you can be when you remove all this stuff and it's kind of like i say this as well it's like being put in a helicopter and taken to the top of a mountain right there's the mountain there's the summit of the mountain that's what it looks like that's what you're aiming for now we fly you back down and now you have to get out of the helicopter and walk up the mountain. So it's giving you a bit of a reference point, almost a tangible reference point of like who you could be when you remove all of the bullshit and you simplify things down a bit more because we just like to complicate things, you know? Yeah, it's been, you know, having facilitated and taken it for over five years now, you see many relationships start, many relationships end. I introduced my ex-girlfriend to it and she, I'd never really experienced it before, but she had a really rough, rough time. The first time? The first time. Yeah. Which doesn't happen very often, but this did. And she said, this has opened a portal that I didn't want to have opened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember in the weeks after, I remember saying that portal was always there. The feelings were always there. 
it's just now you're aware that those were running the show yeah unconsciously yeah so you're right it doesn't in itself you don't come away and go well this is it i'm fixed now but what you do is you go you see things so clearly and the reason that relationships can end is because so often people see the big picture mm-hmm. in themselves and they go what am i holding on to here it's actually nothing to do with the love it's to do with this this and this it's my fear and when the fear is removed momentarily the decision becomes very simple yeah you see it all and that can be too much for a person you know and that's fair enough most of us we tend to be operating in a very kind of flat line space most people don't even consider any of this shit they're just living they're just kind of on the grind some people want to go look at it and then some people look at it and go oh my god this is like exactly i'm so i'm so glad to see this it's terrifying but i'm going in and some people go holy shit this is fucking insane and reject it it's bollocks and they like put it back on you guys are all crazy or whatever i i certainly had that with my last partner who i brought in as i got divorced and I fell in love again, I started to journey with her and that ultimately backfired. Or not backfired, but it just... Revealed so much. Yeah, it was so revealing that it was too much. And I think that I also had too much investment in her outcome, you know, in the, oh, I'm going to just, this is going to heal her and I'm going to get what I want out of her when she does it it's going to make everything make sense in a similar way to kind of how my ex-wife was doing for me you know she wanted me to come in so that we could connect you know and ultimately the opposite happened which was the truth and it caused a lot of pain because it was like the expectation was not met but the truth was and I think that in my case I kind of similarly did that to my partner then afterwards and it ultimately backfired I believe that it was too much for her to see. It was revealing the whole truth of her own perception of the world and like the philosophy that she'd built around herself to quote unquote protect her. It removed all of that and showed her the truth, which was terrifying because it put it on her. It showed me the truth as well Mm -hmm. and my own delusions. Yeah. Even when I don't particularly want to see that, it shows you how much self-love you don't have. Yeah it then also shows you where some of the blockages are. It makes you very instinctive. Yeah. Because suddenly you understand what trusting that instinct feels like. Mm -hmm. But it does also reveal what you need to see at the time, which is always said, you know, pre-journey. The part that I really, really have begun to appreciate a lot more is the process of integration, which is always after the journey is everybody gets together and they talk about their experience. Yeah, yeah. It's so good that. And it's now my favorite part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it all comes together in that session the next day. Because it's so mad what can go on. You're doing all this crazy shit and you're running around or you're having these like visions and all this stuff. And so to have that kind of regroup where everybody now who was in the journey is now in a circle and we're all sharing our experience and people reflect as well. It's like an open kind of dialogue of people mirroring to you oh yeah you were doing this last night or you were talking about this and i'll be like whoa was i or like oh yeah no i was and like thank you so much for like meeting me there whatever it was and yeah the integration's like so good but let's talk about the other medicines as well okay so so you get past the heart then you go into then we go into 
generally will go to spirit okay and that's the ayahuasca blend that we take which is it's an ayahuasca psilocybin blend and it's in the chocolate form and it's called ma and then there's also another version of ma which is just the powder and then that's mixed with pineapple juice okay and same medicine but the vehicle chocolate or pineapple juice delivers a slightly different experience so the chocolate version because of the cacao in the chocolate it's more stimulant but it's not as fully in like ayahuasca no speaking you're in for like hours type scenario it's visuals psychedelic visuals you know i've definitely like visited mayan egyptian type places Visualization. Yeah, yeah yeah and uh, and also the kind of spectral stuff the geometry yeah yeah all that stuff comes with with it i also describe it as the first time we did it it's changed kind of a little bit the experience but in the the early days like it was like going on the set of avatar the movie (laughs) and i uh, he he took ayahuasca james cameron before he wrote that and it makes perfect sense it makes perfect sense i've started to see a lot of people do this you know underground you can see it in really creative projects oh yeah and i go Wow, that came from yeah. that came from the spirit. That came from the spirit yeah. of ayahuasca. Or that or movie, um, Soul. Yeah, that just came out recently. That I could see ayahuasca in that. I could see journeying in that. And it's funny because like you see it so much more once you've done it, and you go, "Oh, they must have journeyed." Yeah, to see that stuff to start. You mean the other the otherworldly stuff in yeah. it, like the ship and the th- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I and just it. souls and like how they yeah, yeah. do all that stuff. It's kind of. So that's the chocolate. Why is it different from the pineapple? Well, the pineapple, it's because of the the cacao in the chocolate is stimulant. It's like caffeine. So it, it keeps you a bit more up. Whereas if you drink the pineapple juice, it's a purer experience. The pineapple doesn't get in the way. It's sharper. You go in more. Yeah, it's more vision. It's the most pure ayahuasca-like experience that you can have in the medicines that we do. Although we've been working with another medicine recently, which is, it's like, so all of these are are plant-based. You call it analog versions of things. So like sassafras, which is a heart medicine. Kana is a milder version of sassafras. Sassafras is also a plant. And the chemical compound of sassafras is MDA. Okay, that's how they like name it in the chemical chart. I love that you're telling me this is I've never heard this and I've taken all of these things. <laughs> taken really, all of it. It's really helpful also, to know. Don't matter. Yeah. And so MDMA, which is synthesized sassafras. They basically went, oh, sassafras, if you take sassafras, this is what it does. And so MDMA was invented as a synthesized version of MDA and it was invented for couples therapy. In the 80s. It to was, get you into your heart. Yeah. It basically, all it does is it shuts down your amygdala and it increases serotonin and dopamine, which are the love chemicals in your body. Amygdala is what you use to sense fear. And so it's shutting that down. So you don't have any fear and you've got all this extra serotonin in. What could, what's, 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 what could go wrong, what could go wrong with that? <laughs> which is it. It's like... That's the party drug. Yeah. But the other thing is this, this is how I also say it, is that you're not putting love into you. You're not, these. this drug, this medicine, whether it be sassafras or MDMA or whatever it is, all that is, is code. It's yeah. a piece of code that you're taking yeah. and it's telling your brain to turn up the heat on these chemicals. You're the walking drugstore. Well, and why it's really helpful is because that neural pathway that may have not really been used consistently 
begins to fuse together so that, you know, why depression is, there's a lot of studies that are really showing that depression can be really be treated with psilocybin yeah. and mushrooms is because the neural pathway begins to get used that goes, oh, you could do with a little extra of this. Mm-hmm. This is the benefit of it over time. Yeah. So go on, carry on. Yeah, well, I think that, again, sassafras or like heart medicine, MDMA therapy now is like almost legal, you know, in California. Psilocybin therapy is already legal. Ketamine therapy is now legal. You can do that. You know, ketamine is a similar thing. It's slightly different, but it's a tranquilizer of kind. But yeah, it's like anything to shut down the receptors that are making you reactive. That's it. So like I've done MDMA with girlfriends, right? Consciously where I sit in this room and we take MDMA and then especially in relationships that I've had where they've been very difficult, there's a lot of conflict where you, it's like landmines. You you can't say anything without stepping on a landmine because someone's got so much trauma, right? Or you both have trauma, right? And you haven't resolved it. You could take MDMA and you can basically mine through all of these problems that you were having in the real world in this space because you're anesthetized. So you can now talk about the thing that's crazy triggering for your partner, right? For example, other women, jealousy, you know. Desire, lust. Yeah. My ex was very, very jealous. She was very insecure and she couldn't handle that there were other women in the world, basically, that I might be attracted to. Yeah. And 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 you'd never displayed any like it wasn't a process of you'd done something that had betrayed that trust it was literally a fear of it yeah and so me looking at women in the world in any form right there was no nuance to that because of the trauma around it in her mind that was cheating she'd already decided that was cheating so you couldn't have that conversation about that because if you even if i was even going yeah i do look at women or what's wrong with looking at women it's like because the trauma was so deep there and the pain was so much, the fact that you were even saying that was triggering her right. to oblivion. So you could get through all of this oh, man, yeah. In, in, yeah. In, in one session. Yeah, because it was no longer, I actually was able to talk with her and get her to see what was really going on. And it could be received yeah. and you could hear. And it was, I, I literally, I mean, this is kind of one of the last experiences I ever had with her before she left, which is a tragedy because we actually in journey she was able to see the whole veil of her philosophy come down. She realized, she saw what she was doing. She saw why she was doing it. And it was like, it was an existential crisis for her. It, it was too much. Hold both those yeah, things. It was, too, it was like pulling out the knife, you know, straight away. It was too much. Yeah. Check, 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 check. Hey, 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 Woo! It's the Two Lads Podcast. The Two Lads Podcast is what we're doing today. Where am I going? Yeah, you're getting grounded. Unless you're getting grounded. Just lying on it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Daniel. Look, if you want to get more involved with the Two Lads, then we've got the solution. You join the Lad Club now on Patreon forward slash Two Lads. And the Lad Club is our way of connecting with you in a deeper and more intimate way than ever before. The podcast is just the start for us. Joining the Lag Club, depending on the tier that you subscribe to, will give you access for things like two extra episodes a month with topics that you can vote on, newsletters written by us, monthly lad lessons, Leggy's specially curated heart music playlist, 
and my personal drawings and art. Plus, if you sign up for Tier 4, then you'll have access to one-on-one lad meetings with me and Leggy, where we'll spend 30 minutes talking to you personally and answering any questions that you might have on the topics that we've raised here. All that and more. So go check out the Lag Club now, Patreon forward slash two lads, sending you loads of love. When you talk about the spirit version of this, yeah. the next one is... That's the ayahuasca psilocybin. So and then, and then body, on the wheel. The body. The, the body. Yeah. How, what is the body Okay, version? so body version is it's sassafras, kana, their heart, and then there's... It's SKB. SKD. Yeah. The D is... I can't remember it. It's blanking. Okay. But the D is the body of this particular medicine. So it has all three of them in. Right. Sassafras, kana, and D. D. Uh, and that's body. So it kind of, you're in your heart and you're in the love, but it also kind of puts you down. Right. It, it, it forces you into your body. Right. A way of kind of like, it's almost like just, you can't really move. Right. Right. <laughs> Physically. Yeah. So you're forced into your total body experience. Surrender. Yeah. Surrender into your heart. You can't move. So it's not like you're running around like, way. It's like, yeah, you're very, really very like grounding. I remember facilitating a journey in which everybody just went, yeah, and the, the one energy in, in the one in Ohio, yeah, and it was the energy of the place yeah. was so yeah powerful. Oh yeah, but it was there was just total stillness. Yeah, well, that's what the pineapple can do if you don't take heart, heart medicine before it. The reason why we do heart medicine before it is to lighten it. Yeah, it, it's like the again, it's to anesthetize that fear so that you can go into the spirit world without fear. Right, you know, it's not freaking you out that you're seeing all this stuff. You're kind of like, ah, oh, you're in the love, you know, and you're also getting to see. Like I've seen visions, like literal, visceral visions of me in a different life, parallel life, like where I've been. Like it's almost like I'm the camera, mm. and I'm looking into a scene of it's like a kitchen. I've seen a kitchen with me and my like XXX girlfriend from like when I was in my twenties, if I'd stayed with her Mm. and we've got kids and like, I'm like sitting at the table reading the newspaper and she's cooking breakfast and I'm watching it happen. And then we're on vacation with her family and like there's photographs of that trip, but I never did that trip, but it's not psychedelic. Like, yeah, man, psychedelic. It's literally like, I'm like, like an eye hole, an eye into, yeah, yeah. Into the, another life that's actually kind of happening now. If you, because it's like, what would happen if you had not broken up? Your life wouldn't have gone over here. It mm. would have gone over here. And what would that have been? And in some universe right now, yeah, that will be that's happening, happening yeah. on a parallel existence. Well, that's what, the, you know, for me, this the description of all those three things is really interesting because as I'm putting this together as we're talking, first was a reference point for what it felt like to not be in anxiety to depression like for a moment to have that realization of what what is then it was for me it was body to be to surrender bodily to something i'd never done i'm a sports person you know like i'm an athlete i i use my body to realize that a lot of my trauma was trapped in my body you know when i talk about the toggle on the school walk or the sense of smelling what it felt like to be a child all of that was about remembering through my body and the information that my body had stored Mm -hmm. also how my body is now 
moving in space and time is a total reflection of that trauma Mm -hmm. that existed early. So that was, for me, huge. And then I started to realise my body is so much more intelligent than I give it credit for. Oh, yeah. Then recently in Journey, as this evolution has happened for me, I'm beginning the process of understanding spirit. Right. Of getting a connection with spirit. Mm -hmm. But it isn't a linear process. However, for me, you never start back at the beginning. There's always a sense that your body has learned something along this journey. Yeah, yeah. To use that word. But there's something that this learned the journey that will continue a more expanded sense of self going forward. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Your Body Keeps the Score is a book. It's a brilliant Uh, book. Yeah. And it's true because, like I say, your mind is a smart motherfucker in that it can put a lot of those experiences, it files it in the back so that you can do your laundry, you Hmm. know, and like get on with your work in yeah, the day get on with doing you're not life. just completely like in trauma or like <laughs> yeah. you know well some people are but i mean it's pretty good at like repressing these things that have happened in you but your body remembers all of it it's all there and the more you can tap into your body through stuff like this but also you know exercise i think that's why yoga and all that stuff must be so good you know i've not yeah. been a big yoga guy but like you will be you know <laughs> is for this reason it, also, EMDR is a therapy that you can do to access trauma in your body through this technique that's around left-right pulsating balls in your hand, which I've done back in the day. But yeah, so all these different ways of accessing your body memory, I think is massively important. Again, it's just getting it out. Yeah, It's not about like wallowing in it. No, and using it as a backstage pass to get out of behavior you know that's what I, we see a lot of mm. which is that people stop there yeah. they just get to the point of I've got trauma I was molested I had this yeah. and all that which are these obviously horrific events in people's lives but like don't stop there Right. that's actually like in the grand scheme of things it's good news that you found what has been fucking you up it's seeing the scar tissue yeah And then beginning to work with that scar tissue in a way of saying, this is no longer serving the body that I am in right now. And so the addressing of it. And for me, speak to Journey work makes me emotional thinking about it because there is no way. I mean, I did a lot of therapy. I considered myself somebody who likes to research. So I read a lot of books, but nothing can quite compare to being shown in your body what the body wants to show you. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for it, man. Oh, man. Yeah. It gets everything out of the way. This is not the only way of being able to do it. No. This is one of many other methods that you can use. It's one of the, like, easiest to get there because you're taking, you take something and it does it for you. Right. You know. And you surrender to it in your own time, but you are basically being shown. Yeah, exactly. You need the call, A, you need the calling to do it. You know, you don't, you're never going to get forced into do it, but you know, people have the calling to do it and then they'll either respond well to it or they'll reject it or whatever. It doesn't really matter. It's wherever you're at in your life. You can get there with breath work, you know, which is another meditation, meditation, exercise, is a way of kind of accessing your body, you know, in in a different way. But therapy does it to some extent, but not in the same way. But I think, like we were saying earlier before we were recording, 
it's a multi-front attack from all yeah. these different methods, mechanisms, technology. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just technologies that you're using to kind of, if you're really committed to like finding out like who you are, warts and all, full spectrum, good, yeah. bad, everything in between, you know, all the mistakes you've made, all of the wins, everything. It's just like, it's profound yeah. in that sense. And I think, you're, you know, I think to speak to that is you have to hold it all those modalities, I think, are insanely important. You need all of them. Like you say, it is not enough to do this and rely on this. I've yeah. seen people do that, yeah. and it's not enough. Right. They, they'll start doing it all the time. Yeah, and then it becomes a crutch by which you're doing none of the other things outside yeah. of it. Yeah. The thing that I would say around it also is don't hold it as it's not recreational in yeah, terms yeah. of that's not how to hold it. You can have recreational yeah, experiences. it can be fun. But... The point is not to hold it like that. That if you do it, you do it with intention, yeah, and then you do it with integration afterwards yeah. because that's the way that you understand what your body's telling you. Definitely, it has to be done within the ceremonial sense. It has to be done consciously. It has to be done with some sort of shamanic facilitator yeah. involved. To me, that's the framework of it. Right. You know, it, that's why it's different than just like popping some pills and going right. going to the club, like, right. which by the way has its own euphoric kind of spiritual experience. That's what raves were all about. Sure. And I'm a big believer in this it. This is a tool for learning about yourself. Yeah. And this process of us learning more about ourselves yeah. like you say it t it's a multi-fronted attack yeah it's the intention behind it is different and so it's like in a weird way if you'd have gone to the rave back in the day with the intention you probably would have gotten much more out of it you know wow. that was that's another thing mate i've loved this yeah there's so much in this around you know, we, we could talk about why these ceremonies were probably have been really beneficial for human evolution yeah. in general. Yeah. On a much bigger scale, we could talk about, I was just thinking we should do a journey podcast where you, you, you do it and do then you it, speak. Do it, record it. Yeah. Every time <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, you just say what you're, then you just say what you're. I'm you're, going in. And now I'm feeling, <laughs> whoa, I'm seeing this. <laughs> yeah. I'd love I'm that. now making out with everybody in the house. Yeah, you can't see this, but. <laughs> yes. There's completely three, nude. Three people who are nude all around me. People do take their clothes off, which is, you know, an added bonus. But um, yeah, man, I mean, that's, I mean, I love that. That's a great convo. That. I think it would be cool to do more on this as we go forward. I agree. Also, we could bring in Shaman. Not Daniel Shaman, but a, a Shaman. A real one. A real, a real not, <laughs> not one who's just... <laughs> not, just not a snake, snake oil seller. <laughs> <laughs> one who's just spelt his name wrong. Yeah, but he's really not a Shaman. He's Daniel a sh Shaman. It's Daniel Smith. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't even get his name right yeah um but yeah there's lots more to talk about with this obviously because we've done so much around it but i think that's a great jumping off point it's led us down this path and i'm yeah. grateful for it because this path is there's there has been so many other learning points from it yeah um have got us to where we are today and i'm really proud of that big time man well until the next time until the next time yes mate yes mate Thank you for listening to this episode of the Two Lads podcast. This conversation is ongoing and it involves all of us together. So we'd love to hear from you. Let us know if there's a subject that you'd like us to talk about and let us know what you think about the conversation so far. 
The Two Lads Podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. So please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the latest episode. And give us a five-star review. Tell your friends about us. All of that stuff really helps us a lot. We really appreciate it. Sending you all love. Until the next time. Yes, lad. Yes, lad.